everybody this is double g for the fight game podcast special weekend edition john and i promised that we would be back to talk about uh, the aew ticket party that i went to and all the stuff that we didn't get to because uh, of the show the last show which had uh, a couple of, of longer segments uh the road to wrestlemania and the uh, the uh, fifth episode of raw so john the uh, I guess I guess what we should do first is you know I, I, we we're supposed to cover MMA too. The problem is is that you and I both didn't watch the UFC show. I'm gonna watch it tomorrow morning, but uh, just to kind of update people, I'm sure they already know this, but Israel Adesanya beat Anderson Silva uh, by unanimous decision, and it sounded like it was a fun fight. You know, sort of like this mentor versus mentee kind of fight, and uh, unfortunately. It had to be the main event because uh, Kevin Gastelum and uh, Robert Whitaker weren't able to have their fight tonight because uh, Whitaker got ill like just hours before uh, the show was supposed to start. He had to go to the hospital. Uh, he had to have emergency surgery, or at least they said that they had to schedule it. I don't know if he actually had surgery or not, but he was uh, trying to put off the surgery so that he could go through with his title defense. They did not let him do that. And uh, and they just had to scrap the main event. I know Gas. I didn't hear the interview, but I know Gaslam somehow had the belt, <laughs> the new belt, and was saying that he should be the champion because the fight didn't happen, uh, not on his, not not because of him. So just uh, just wanted to update folks uh, on that. It didn't uh, it didn't seem like it was like a must see show or anything. So uh, we'll, we'll I, I guess we'll hear more about that and have an update on what's going on for the next uh, next show that we do. I thought uh, Gaslin somehow getting that championship belt and like doing an interview claiming himself being the rightful champion because you know he won via forfeit. I thought that was pretty brilliant on his part. Like that's that's like good stuff to do to kind of keep your name out there to keep interest in the re- in the fight when it eventually happens. So I thought that was like I didn't watch the show and I'm not, I know there's some really cool finishes and stuff like that, but like but like I just thought that was like the coolest part that I saw of like all the news I was reading. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's a smart, that's good thinking by him. And it shows that, uh, he definitely can be a main event player, you know, well, he has to win his fights, but like just has that good personality, you know, he's a good fighter. So, so I've uh, actually seen mixed feedback on this. So like you, I thought it was actually pretty quick, quick on his feet thinking. Yeah. Because what he doesn't want to happen is all of a sudden, you know, let's say Whitaker takes three to six months to to get back on his feet and then all of a sudden dana white just changes his mind right exactly and this is and it's not the fight and 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 gaslam's out of the fight and it's just like no gaslam just got himself to uh you know to still be involved and to keep fans interest in the fight by just doing that that quick spiel now i didn't hear the interview and maybe the interview sucked but um 
I, I, I some people even uh, Jason Hagholm, who's on our uh, on our uh, fight game uh, podcast group and who's been on this show a bunch of times, he didn't like it because he said it just it just looked like it was kind of forced and the the belt looked like a toy and Gaslam didn't really look like you know a champ. But even Todd Martin, who, you know, Todd Martin, I know he, he doesn't really like a lot of the pro wrestling stuff in his MMA, but he he thought it was really bad, too. But then I saw the flip side, which was, you know, the what quick thinking by this guy to keep his name, you know, in, 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 in out there when most of the most of the uh, feedback was on this fight was negative because people were pissed off. You know, so many people were going to buy this show based on the main event and Anderson Silva and with the main event out, I think a lot of people probably uh, didn't buy the show unless they just had uh, FOMO or something. Yeah, you think most people nowadays, they, they wait to the day of to just click click purchase, right? So I bet you a lot of people would just say, eh, skip it, you know, without that fight, you know, on it. So I think definitely hurt hurt the buys this show. But I think, like I said, quick on his feet, Kev, Kelvin doing that and... Smart hit because you know we see Dana White. I mean, he changes his mind like he changes underwear. So <laughs> you just never know with that guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, so the the main reason to come back tonight and and push this out on the weekend was because I was gone all day Thursday at uh, in in Las Vegas at the MGM for the AEW uh, Double or Nothing ticket announcement party, which I think you know probably most of the people who uh, who are listening to this probably saw some clips they may have even watched the stream i know i put up the um the omega and jericho thing on the f4w uh twitter feed the the one f4w twitter feed i had a i had the full video of it and that thing was upwards over fifty two thousand views when i checked last <laughs> so that i mean it just kept getting retweeted and retweeted and retweeted. And I, I, I probably, I, I don't know if I was the very first person, but I probably had one of the first full streams of that video that was out there. So that's probably why it, it got so much interest. But um, did you get, did you watch any of it? Did you see any of the clips that were out there? Um, mainly the clips. I didn't, I, I didn't watch the stream. I was kept, actually, I just followed you. <laughs> I said, Garrett's on the case. I'm there. <laughs> so I just followed the, uh, the Twitter because I knew you're, I knew you were running it, so I just kept like refreshing, checking on it, refreshing, refreshing. So yeah, it was cool, man. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, so I, I was I'm just interested to see what the feeling was from those who were watching the feed because I thought in person it was pretty impressive. I thought the way that they they pulled the whole thing together. I know there was issues with it, like sort of going right up into the uh, right up into the start of it, especially with sort of how you know how they were able to set it up and and you know they, I mean they had they had a crane with the camera attached to the crane that you know they had the great the sound like it was it was a real production. How how many people were actually there like at the pool? If you if you can guesstimate, uh, several hundred at least, okay. like be- maybe I mean, between the, three and five. The way that it was shot, it made it look like there was like thousand people. You know, it was really well done when it comes to the camera work. I thought for from shooting that crowd. So so I'll give you a quick story about why I don't actually know is because so when we get there, um, <clears throat> we get there and we're not exactly sure where to go. 
and uh, and we get we got dropped off by uh, Fil- Filthy Tom. Filthy Tom hung out with us for a little while, and thanks to him because he was he was he was a great person to he, he you know that's his city. So he was actually able to get us to to where we wanted to go. We all went out to lunch and hung out, and Fil- you know Filthy Tom's a great guy, so that was a lot of fun. But he dropped us off, and uh, we just had to kind of find our way around. And Dave, uh, so we didn't really see where the media area was, so we were kind of asking around. No one really knew. And then Dave just goes, oh, I'm just going to walk this way. And I think he (laughs) saw, like, a group of people. And so I just followed him. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, there's Christopher Daniels. Oh, there's Cody. Oh, there's Brandy. Oh, there's the Bucks. So he literally just walked into, like, the place where nobody could walk. (laughs) Sounds about right. <laughs> and, and, you know, then, you know, everyone's happy to see him and, and stuff. And, and so he actually hung out back there throughout the whole thing. And I, because I, you know, I had promised that I was going to kind of cover it through through the social media lens on Twitter since I was there. I just kind of walked back and I was just asking people like, okay, where's the media? Like, how do I get over there? How do I get over there? And then they were like, mm, who are you with? And I went, oh, wrestling observer and he's like oh follow me and he put me right in the front so that was cool drop you say that you say that wrestling observer man people take notice i never forget when i uh dave asked me if i wanted to go to cover the ufc and i got on the media table (laughs) and i was you know i was you know row three of of five so i you know i felt pretty good i was with my uh i met this uh brazilian reporter I think her name was Envy, just, just a beautiful girl, sweet girl. And she was like, you know, she had like a broken English, but I can understand her. And, she's, and she was like, so who are you who are you with? And I said, Wrestling Observer. And then she kind of like didn't make me because of the English, you know? Yeah. And I just pointed to Big Dave right in front of me. She goes, oh, okay, <laughs> wow. It was just pretty funny. <laughs> pretty entertaining. Yeah, that 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 name has has clout in, in these circles, as you could imagine. And so I was just right in the front and I got there right when everything started. And, you know, I got video of the Lucha Brothers attack on, on the Bucks. And that got it. You know, that got upwards of like thirty five thousand. How, how did uh, that come off well. live? Uh, because Easy I was here was really well done. Or? So because I was so close, I could sort of uh, see a little bit of goofiness in it. But I, that's why I was wondering how it came across on TV. Um, you know, because, uh, I think Matt, uh, uh, Nick gets super kicked and then Matt gets package pile driven on the stage and, and, you know, they, they, they came out as, you know, the, the fiery Lucha bros. And so it was cool, but I, I didn't know on TV, like how the, how, how it got put over and stuff. So, um, I, that, you know, that, that's something that maybe I'll, I'll, uh, I'll I'll look and, and try to find some more, uh, some more video of it, but uh, you know, I think that the there was a couple main themes to to the thing, which was a they're trying a lot of new stuff. They're bringing in folks who even that audience doesn't really know, right? Because that's a pretty hardcore wrestling audience, not only U.S. wrestling but international wrestling. And um, I had never seen Sammy Guevara before. Uh, and I thought that I was like, who is this guy? He's so like in the back, like he was, he, I was like, he's a little small, but I think he's a wrestler. And then I was like, oh, that's who that is. I thought so. So, you know, he, he, he was able to kind of channel it a little bit right when he got on stage and I was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, 
And then, you know, they, they announced uh, Nyla Rose, the first uh, transgender woman to sign a, a contract with a U.S. company. Um, they had uh, Kylie Ray, who I don't, I'm, I'm trying to remember if I've ever seen her before, but she got over huge with that live audience because she kind of has like that girl next door, like perky fun, uh, you know, girl that's probably like someone you want to hang out with. And then, um, and then like she was, she, she immediately, and this is actually good because what you want these people, you put them on stage and there's no real script, right? It's just Brandy introducing her. And so the crowd just starts chanting for her and she is like, oh, I didn't even, I didn't even, I have like maybe two or three dresses. I didn't know what dress to wear. And then, so that got the crowd to pop. And then she's like, oh, I think they want me to take my jacket off because it's kind of cold. So she takes the jacket off. She's just in the dress. And then somebody, somebody made a comment about her legs. So then she kind of like flexes the quad and just like thinking, like, like we, we talked about, you know, with Kelvin Gaston, like thinking on her feet, which was really cool to see, you know, because it, it was obvious that uh, none of that stuff was planned. So that was really cool. But, I, you know, that theme of, you know, you, I, I sent you the picture of, of Shima, um, but those like that is not stuff WWE is going to pursue which makes this a little bit different. Now, who knows if it's going to work or not? Like, I would hope because you want to provide alternatives and you want to showcase new people who aren't on that radar because, you know, you, you, you got to make new stars. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, that, that was like the, that was, I thought that was the, fir- the first theme that stuck out to me was let's be different, let's showcase some folks who people don't really know sort of like the jungle boy which we talked about uh already but you mentioned that there was a there's a japanese wrestler that you that you were kind of thinking about when when you heard who was on their roster yeah well when they announced the women i was uh it was really cool to see that uh they signed uh yuka sakazaki sorry from uh dt tokyo pro i think getting people like that that may not be household names to the fans of the United States, but like getting these unknowns from Japan, you know, they're known to some of the hardcore hardcores, right? But like getting these heart these these great talents, bring them here and like developing developing and getting them over themselves on, you know, with their brand, I think it's smart. Like, you know, they gotta build up talent on their own. You can't just pluck stars and put them in. I mean it sounds great to do, but you got to build your own stars. I like I like the Samuel Guevara signing. Um, I really like what they're doing. I like the fact that they're going to get the uh, OWE guys from China. They're going to definitely um, add a very unique style to the uh, to the promotion. Um, so I, I'm really I'm really happy about what they're doing. And and you know me, I'm I'm always about young stars, young talents, and and, and developing them and watching them grow and i think they had that same mentality finding these little as they said diamonds in a rough Mm -hmm. and and developing them and i think that's a smart move because you know we talk about like creating your own stars wcw had a hard time creating their own stars right they would always hold you know 
hold on to the Hogans, the Savages. You know, they they rarely created their own stars. You know, granted, Gil, Bill Goldberg was a huge success, right? Yep. DDP was a success, but there's only a few of those compared to like to like like all the other guys they had. You know, Ray they kind of developed too, technically. You know, like they really gave him a platform to really get over. But for the most part, it's all like a lot of older stars, and, and I think that's what hurt them. You know, and they're and and going for their company. That's what hurt them for their history, and they and relying on those guys. So I like to see that what AEW's doing, work with these younger talents, building their names up here, and just uh, continue to grow. I think it's it's a great thing. And and so the second theme to the show, to me, was that the Bucks are really interested in making tag team wrestling a main event uh, style of wrestling. Mm-hmm. WWE obviously has, n- you know, I don't, I, I'm trying to remember when they they ever had tag team wrestling. You know, I, I, I'm thinking like certain programs where you had R- rated RKO against Triple H and, and Sean, but that was sort of, that wasn't a, a tag team wrestling for tag team wrestling. That was tag team wrestling to set up singles mm-hmm. programs. And and they're really, really, really adamant that tag team wrestling is going to be a main event style of wrestling for them. And so they, they brought out the best friends. And look, you know, who, who I, I don't know what you think about the best friends. I'm not, um, I'm not, uh, I think Beretta, Beretta's really sort of reinvented himself. You know, Chucky e. T is kind of he, he's cool, but he's not you know necessarily my, you know my favorite guy out there. But I, I get why people love them. Like PWG crowd, you know, loves those guys. I thought they did fairly well in in New Japan as well. So uh, and then you have you know SCU, but those it's kind of interesting because I, I asked Tony Khan this question, and and we'll get to those interviews in a bit. But I was like. You know, the, you you're uh, a lot of the communication so far has been sort of this like you know togetherness and friendship and and this you know partnership and it's been very positive like that. And then the Lucha Brothers came out and jumped, you know, Matt and Nick, and so that that changes it immediately, right? They they establish themselves as big players, maybe even heels, and uh, and, and that sort of sort of thing. So. Uh, that was really cool. I, I would love to see them um, bring in teams that, you know, I'm not, I don't even really know. And that's where OWE, uh, OEW comes in, or, or sorry, OWE, uh, and, you know, other teams they could bring in other teams. You know, they, they announced the uh, the partnership with uh, AAA. So I imagine there, there could be stuff coming there. Though, I mean, that's an interesting one as well, because, you know, you, you partner with AAA, and that probably pisses off New Japan, right? Yeah, because, you know, New Japan has uh, the partnership with CMLL, and they're very tight with that. So it definitely maybe puts a wedge in between, you know, maybe future dealings with New Japan, and you know they want to deal with New Japan. Um, I'm of the one that I know everyone's like, they need new Japan and new Japan. I don't think they need new Japan personally. I would like to see him partner up with another promotion in Japan. I like to see him partner up with Noah. I like to see him partner up with DDT. Actually, I think DDT would be a perfect fit for them. Um, but, but yeah, that definitely. And when you talk about tag teams, you know, I, I like the best friends. Actually, they won me over in the tag team tournament 
this past uh, this past winter in New Japan. I thought they looked pretty good, and I'm curious to see what tactics they do bring in. I, I want to see a different style tact. I don't want to see all just guys that can hang with the Bucks in that action pack style. I, I like to see a big powerful tag team that's gonna put the hurting on them, and you know, just. I like to see the different styles of tag team wrestling all in, but we'll see who they bring in. I, I mean, it makes sense that they're going to focus on tag teams when their executive <laughs> vice presidents are a tag team. Mm-hmm. You know? So it just it just makes sense. So then the third thing that I got out of this is that the key to the whole thing to me is making Kenny Omega into an anti WWE hero. And I don't know if they can do it because it's, it's hard, right? It's hard to get someone over in a, in a, in a era where WWE is the only thing that people really know, you know, hardcores, know ROH in the U S hardcores, know new Japan, uh, you know, I think <laughs> I don't know I, how many people are watching TNA's TV show. Like, if I'm being generous, fifty thousand people. Um, so it, it's really hard to break through that WWE barrier. But when I watch Kenny Omega, and when I talk to Kenny Omega, I think he's the right person to do it if somebody can do it. Now, they have Chris Jericho, right? So Jer- Jericho is definitely there as a name, as somebody, you know, he he can he can hopefully pull over some of those folks to give this, this company a chance. Um, but I think Kenny has got to be the breakthrough guy. And then from there, it's got to be Will Ospreay, Zack Sabre Jr., Guys like that, if you can get them, because mm-hmm. they're sort of the next big thing, right? As far as uh, people who have not broken out in the U.S. in a big way, who WWE, for whatever reason, hasn't been able to get into NXT or on their main roster. And in this style, it would seem that they would actually be perfect for it. So I think I think those are the themes that I got. and And, you know... I I was not the biggest Kenny Omega fan from the beginning, but I do think you know he, he's he's he 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 absolutely has won me over. Um, doesn't mean he's like the perfect wrestler for the kind of wrestler wrestling that I like, but he's just different enough. He's he's very he's a thinker. He uh, you know in, in the interview that I did with him, he you know he he talked about the whole psychology of that Tanahashi match, and I was just like, wow, like you're going into levels of psychology that I don't think any WWE writer could even think of, right? Yeah. And and so that that was really that that really like made me think like okay, like if they have a shot, I think he's going to be the one to uh you know to to be at least that that breakthrough in, in the barrier and then if he is that guy then you have to bring these other guys in to also be ready 
to, to, to take that moment, you know, because, I mean, you know, Kenny's not going to wrestle 52 Tokyo Domain events, you know, a year. Like, nobody could do that. So you got to have these other guys uh, ready as well. And, and that, that's more of the, the marathon versus the sprint kind of thing. But, yeah, those, those are my three takeaways from it. And uh, I, I was impressed. You know, but, but what I also know, I mean, I've just seen the feedback, because a lot of wrestling fans who are pro WWE they don't want to see these guys uh, succeed, and they're trying to find every sort of hole in it. And uh, and I, I, I get it, you know. You, you, sometimes you, you're an apologist for things, which is what they are, and uh, you know they're a WWE apologist. And uh, but I think uh, you know for the health of the wrestling business, I think it's I think it's really good. And and I'm not I'm not looking at it as like a fanboy or anything. I'm just looking at it as. I remember what what my favorite times of wrestling were, and they always were two companies battling each other. I always thought that was the best thing going. So it's did always you, the best thing. Yeah. Did you have any other thoughts on on all the stuff that kind of that that that? No. Just to go back to Kenny Omega, I I think you're right. I mean, he is the perfect guy to be the the narrow the spotlight on and focus on, right? As the as the guy of the promotion, as the guy you're building around. Um, he he's a he's a sensational athlete. Remember when I told you, I uh, that actually it wasn't you. It was actually Rube, Dave, uh, Heartbreak Kid, Dave Rube. We were walking out of the uh, New Japan show, and um, in San Francisco, the Cow Palace, mm-hmm. and we just got done with the show. And Kenny Omega just did this promo, and we we're walking out. And I'm like, you know what, guys? Because I, you know me, I've been a tough critic of Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what, Omega's the guy. Yeah. And, and then Rubio was like, "Wow, I mean, but you didn't really like that match." He's all, "Well, yeah, I'm like, yes, I was not into the match. I didn't think, you know, all the stuff they did, Cody and Omega did, they little did a little too much craziness for me. But that promo at the end, where he's talking to the fans and connecting with all of them, like that's 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 main event stuff right there. Yeah. So, and I think I hope I hope." AEW doesn't take shots at WWE. I hope they just focus on what they're doing. I hope it's not like shots on their TV at the WWE. Cause I think that stuff's stupid, you know, and it's uncalled for. Well, did I you like did you hear Kenny in that interview? He was like, "We want to work with everybody," and down the line, that includes WWE. We'd love to work with now. Now we we all know that that is going to be almost impossible unless there's something in it for WWE that where they get you know something really good out of it, but. That like I, I I it doesn't seem like that's their intention, uh, but we I mean we don't I I wouldn't expect the same from WWE if these guys do get hot you know I, I WWE probably will take shots at, at them and 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 try to stop them which they generally do with everybody who they compete against, but at least that was the mentality from Kenny was like look we want to work with everybody including them and and I think some people probably saw that as naive, and I think you're totally fine if you feel that way but it shows me that they they are not they they're not going to be Bischoff reading spoilers on Monday on on Nitro yeah yeah i just don't want to hear the shots at WWE i just i just want to see them focus focus on them build their brand and i think they will i think that's a smart it's a smart group of guys that run that company and i'm excited for AEW i'm excited for the potential that that they have that they're going to produce some good wrestling i'm excited about it's a new avenue for a lot of my friends to go work and make a living at pro wrestling 
and you know, and it's good for it's good for WWE to have some kind of competition that's going to light a fire under Vince. Because when you know Vince, when he has the when he has he has that competitive spirit going, it's you get the best Vince, you get the best WWE. So it's just gonna it's just gonna make everything great in 2019 and 2020. So. I, I just wrote a list of, of some of the, the characters that I kind of wanted to talk about a little bit. Um, obviously, I already talked about Filthy Tom. He was such a great host for us. And he's, he's, he's just a funny guy. Like, he's always trying to pop you. And, 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 and so that whole, you know, he's just he's a really good guy. He picked us up at the airport, took us around, like, you know, and hopefully, uh, hopefully I'll see him again soon because uh, just a fun dude to hang out with. He's a superstar, man. He's a guy that I think AEW should get if they if they can. And I don't know how long his MLW contract is. Or I just think he's a guy they definitely need, and because he could do it all, he can wrestle. But he's such a strong personality. He's a really good promo, very underrated promo. I think the stuff he's did in MLW, building up to match the low key, has been really, really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then one of the first people who introduced themselves to me, yeah, I was, you know, cause I was just hanging with Dave in, in the back was Papa Buck, <laughs> the young buck's dad <laughs> in his, yeah, yeah. in his, uh, sequence you know, in, outfit in his flashy, yeah, guy. in his flashy yeah. gimmick. And so that was yep, kind of yep. funny. Uh, and obviously Conrad, Conrad, who is, uh, you know, I, I've been one to, say that I don't really like the podcasts that he does. We we tried to listen to that Bruce Pritchard podcast that one time and Ugh. it was it was like, oh, we were just dying. And it made our LA drive longer. <laughs> and uh and you know that the the Bischoff one I I would never listen to because I you just can't believe a word Eric Bischoff says and I listen to wrestling podcasts also to learn as well as be entertained. Um, if, you, if you're a fan of guys talking on their ass, definitely check out the Eric Bischoff podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the thing that I can't say is that they're not popular because they are. And and Conrad, you know, is the kind of the main person behind those shows. I, I, the one that I ha- didn't really give a shot to, but I know a lot of people like is the Shivani one. Um, and so, look, you know, that's just it's not my style of podcast, but I can also say that they're fairly successful. So, you know, he knows what he's doing. But the other part of Conrad is, you know, he's uh, part of, he was hosting the pregame uh, of, of the show. I don't think that's necessarily his, his, his major strength because uh, he's a very laid back guy, but he did, he does do some stuff with MJF where he's like the butt of MJF's joke and his facials are great. And MJF is, is awesome in that role. So that stuff works. Uh, and, uh, and so I, I did get to meet Conrad. He's doing, I mean, he's pulling everybody into the Starcast thing. It's, it's really crazy how many people he's getting. They just announced today, Magnum TA, Lita, Scott Hall, and that's already with Bret Hart and Sting as, as the other guests that have been announced. So Starcast is going to be another, it's going to be big again. Like, I mean, it's, it's probably going to be bigger than the first time that they did it. Uh, there, yeah. there, there's going to be a couple of other pretty big guests that i think are going to be announced that people are going to go like holy shit but you know the, the, the we'll see if those actually come to fruition but i know he's got some big ideas is it a woo? <laughs> well i mean if you were to guess like the guy is technically his father-in-law right <laughs> yeah that's what i was thinking <laughs> i'm jealous man i really want to go just uh 
just I would I I would love to be there. Man, man, make a finagle my way. Let's we'll see what can happen. <laughs> so my favorite, the fa- my favorite person that I met. I don't even know if you know who this is, but uh, I've been following this guy on Twitter probably in the very early days from when I started uh, on Twitter. He was a football writer for Grantland, and now he writes for ESPN. He's very analytical uh, and and just just very knowledgeable guy. His name is Bill Barnwell. And so, so I see him, and I was like, that's got to be Barnwell. And he has a very distinct voice. And so I don't remember who he was talking to, but someone was talking to him. And then I heard him speak, and I was like, oh, shit, I got to go say hi to bill and this is like when you know all these you know christopher daniels and all these other wrestlers are like are like just talking to dave and i, and I like beeline for bill barnwell <laughs> out of all these guys and uh and I, you know i just had to talk to him because he there, there is a an interesting crossover for him he doesn't really promote his wrestling fandom that much you know he he had the majority of the people who follow him expect him to talk a, you know, nerdy about football, but there is a there is a love for wrestling that he has, and he mentioned you know Dave and um, reading Dave all these years, and you know Dave is is one of the guys that that you know he he's he sort of learned from, and and so I thought that was really cool, and we were able to talk football, which is you know it's it, it, it's a sport that I that I uh, follow very closely and, you know, sort of have, imagine, you know, the people who, who are able to talk to Dave about wrestling and they get to ask him questions and, you know, they get all fired up. Like that's kind of Barnwell um, to me in that sense. So I was, you know, and he's such a personable guy. Uh, you know, we were able to talk 49ers. We were able to talk XFL, like, it, it, and he's a regular dude. So that was a lot of fun. So uh, Bill, Bill was a blast to, to talk to. Um in, in the same vein of like making superstars and who's next, I didn't really get to talk to Adam Page, but he's got a he's got a presence. He's a little bit smaller than I would have figured as far as like height and stuff. Uh, and I think he's still growing into his character as far as like promos and stuff. But pretty, pretty impressive. Just, you know, there, there's something to him uh, backstage. MJF was great, <laughs> like way more personable and friendly and just chill dude than i realized uh i you know i only know him through his character from mlw uh excalibur meeting a guy and introducing himself while wearing a mask and speaking (laughs) english was kind of interesting uh and then alex marvez who dave said that he's known since he was since alex was 15 years old and you know alex has been all around sports i think he still does a talk show on sirius he's nfl reporter and now he's working, I think, exclusively outside of his uh, outside of his deal with uh, with the the radio show uh, with AEW. So this is kind of like a dream of his, and he was just like the happiest guy all weekend. So very cool to talk to Alex. You know, I mean, w- you know, when Dave's old website, like a lot of that stuff was Alex, right? Like a lot of the reports and stuff, and and the and the news, some of that was Alex. So he's yeah. been, he's been around forever. Um, and then you know, I mentioned Christopher Daniels. Um, he 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 was he was a very impressive guy, um, and then at the end of the night, I did get to meet Chris Jericho, which was really cool because you know I've been such a big fan of his, and not that you know so, someone had asked me on Twitter, they were like, "How do you like not mark out like when you meet these people?" And I'm I'm 
uh, it's hard to answer because I've been around sports for a while and, you know, meeting athletes is kind of interesting, but I always wanted to rather have discussions with them than like, you know, get their autograph or whatever, even when I was a little kid. And so uh, meeting Jericho was kind of interesting because I've been a big fan of his. It would be sort of like meeting Steve Austin or something like that. And, uh, you know, he, he's a he, he's a charming, charismatic guy, right? He, he knows what he's doing. And uh, so I went to go get Dave and Jericho's there. And I was like, oh, you know, it's pretty cool. Jericho's here. He came over to talk to Dave and then... He, he Dave introduced him to me, or, or maybe he just introduced me, and, and then I told him who I was, and he's like, oh, oh, yeah, 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 I've, I've, heard, I've heard you do the shows with Dave, and so that was kind of cool, right? I was like, oh, Chris Jericho listens to Wrestling Observer Radio, so that was cool, um, and then, you know, he said, you know, he, he's just been on this kick with all the shows that Dave's been doing these past couple weeks, ever since he got hurt, and it's, you know, it's Dave and Brian, and then Dave and me, and he said, you know, that he listens, and that I'm doing a good job, so that was kind of cool, it was like kind of like a little bit of like a... You know, not not that I'm looking for pats on the back or anything, but it was kind of like a cool thing. Like I could say that, oh, Chris Jericho listens to my work, but he did, I don't think he remembered that I did interview him with Dave like six months ago or whatever it was. He did. We I, I and I didn't want to bring it up, so I just kind of left it at that. And then obviously Kenny Omega got to interview him. Tony Khan got to interview him as well. Um, and I kind of wanted a little bit to talk about those interviews because I think you you were able to listen to both of them. Um, the, well, I, only, I only got to listen to the Tony Khan. I did not get to squeeze in Kenny Omega. It was Daddy Daycare today, so it was Hunter's crawling now. So I have to be quick. <laughs> okay, well that's even better because the, the the Tony Khan thing was the thing I actually wanted to talk to you about because, um, he, I'm not sure what he actually gets out of doing this interview. Uh, because a lot of the questions that we're going to ask him, he cannot really divulge information about. And so I think he did it because he, he really likes Dave. He's been a fan of Dave's for a long time. And he's just a pro wrestling fan, you know, at heart. He just loves like he was he kept naming off all the angles and, and <laughs> the, the, you know, the companies that he would follow. And like he's like younger than us like by 10 years or so so maybe nine years but for him to know for him to know like memphis stuff and and bill watts stuff like that's kind of like digging into the crates to find stuff that he was not even alive for really so that kind of impressed me as far as his wrestling fandom is concerned uh but he was also he also had to play promoter in that interview and i think a lot of people uh, may have been a little frustrated by that. I think, I mean, if you ask, you know, Dave or, or, or even me, I was a little frustrated, but I kind of expected it. I, what I didn't want to happen out of the interview was for him to all of a sudden come off in a way where the people listening felt negatively about him. So I tried to, I tried to give him a couple of things to, to grab onto, to, to, uh, not to babyface himself, but just to like, like I asked him, you know, about, cause he's such a confident guy. That's the other thing. Like when you talk to me, so confident. And I was like, well, you know, if, if you, if you could say things that you're worried about, like when, before you go to bed about AEW, is there anything, you know, you're really worried about? And he didn't really have an answer. 
Um, and that was the opportunity for for him to go, yeah, you know, like, I expect us to be successful, but sure, there are, you know, this thing, you know, historically, this is, ha- you know, that kind of thing where people go, okay, like, he's not just, you know, he's not just this overly confident guy. Um, and, you know, he didn't, he didn't take the bait, which is totally fine. But, uh, you know, there were other things where I was trying to, you know, I think I asked him about, you know, being young and, and historically, like, you know, I... I and I should have brought this example up, but I didn't even think about it, except for Paul Heyman, right? Paul Heyman was like in his late 20s when ECW was really getting started. That would have been the right comparison. But I was sort of comparing him to the to the companies now that are out there, like, you know, Vince McMahon or Joe Coff or, you know, guys like that who are not, you couldn't say that they are really un- too understanding of, of what what's going on in pop culture today. So I think that's to his advantage. Um, but yeah, so that, you know, did you, did you feel any sort of way about him after listening to that? Um, no, actually I, 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 I was, I liked, I liked, I liked what he was saying. I, I know he couldn't go into all that details, obviously, cause he has a lot more surprises to announce, but I enjoyed like hearing about his fandom. He felt like, I felt like a person I would love to hang out with and talk wrestling with about like in geeking out about all the stuff he watched like that i like people that go and invest in time to watch like older stuff because they want to like learn the older stuff a lot of people now just don't even care and you know he and it and he's a guy that wanted to go check out memphis wrestling mid-south wrestling watch international stuff you know just like i do you know i, I love that stuff it was funny when he was talking about his favorite storylines and he mentioned Magnum TA and Mr. Wrestling 2 from Mid-South, the mentor protege storyline, because that's like one of my all-time favorite storylines, so mm-hmm. I thought that was very cool. Um, thanks for asking my question about the roster size. <laughs> I, uh, I appreciate that, because I'm curious, like, because like, when you start a company, like, wh- what is it? What's the magic? Is there a magic number? Is it not a magic number? Um, I liked... I liked his idea about how these are women as like compared to WCW cruiserweight division yeah. in the nineties with the luchadors. And so he's thinking about, you know, that's, you know, he'll be using the Joe, the Joshi women from Japan like that. And I think it's a great idea because, you know, having like a cruiserweight division and wrestling kind of, kind of passe because a lot of the guys that wrestle now are all cruiserweights. Right. So you can mix and match with in the in the heavyweight division, and you know I don't think there are going to be any kind of divisions like that other than tag teams and women, right? And then there's the men, singles wrestlers. So I, I like that idea. I think it's a smart idea. Um, I'm curious to see how the sport uh, aspect, how they're really going to promote it. Um, are they going to do rankings? I mean, I like that stuff, obviously, because I did that with Premier. And I wish I can get. I wish I could have got more detail with it. I really wanted to have like, when I was doing, I wanted to have like win percentages and, and you know the arrows saying win streaks are going up. You know, mm-hmm, all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. I really wanted like someone to like go on our website and see like, like they would do when they opened up the sports page. You know, so I would like to see. You know, he's 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 promoting sports. It's going to be sports, but then sometimes that I always remember my background like of back of my mind like. A lot of the all elite shows all goofy stuff, right? So are they gonna do all goofy stuff with the sports, or just wins mean something to build to something? I don't know. We'll see. So I mean, I, I can't really judge until it 
actually happens, and when there's like a good like six months in, then I can really give my opinion on what's working, what's not working. But I mean, I'm confident that that it's going to be a success. Um, he's confident, obviously, but he has to be confident, right? You can't be like, well, we hope we do a good job. You know, you got to be just say, yeah, we're going to do great. Um, he has a lot of uh, things going on. So I wonder how, you know, how that's going to affect him, you know? And, and that was why, I, that's why I thought Dave's question was so good, which is like, you're a very busy guy and your next people in charge have never done this job before. <laughs> yeah, no, that was a good question. But for Tony, look good for him though. Cody, the Bucks, and Omega are very smart guys. Daniels is a very smart guy. So I think he has a good structure, like, at the top, but yeah, I think I think even when he is busy, he he is just a phone call away. He could definitely give him flies. But I, I think I think he has a good crew to work with, so I think it's going to work out fine. I will tell you that uh, who I think is the X factor for them, and I told you to follow this guy on Twitter. His name is Chris Harrington. His uh, Twitter name is Mookie Ghana. He's been around the F4W boards for as long as I have, I'm pretty sure. And uh, just, uh, I think he is somebody who is on the AEW staff, who is not the type of person that is on Vince McMahon's staff. And I think Mm -hmm. that is where this stuff goes. He's heavy in analytics. He studies up on history. He's uh, very interested in numbers. And like... You know, I was asking Dave this. I was like, okay, let's say, so AEW, uh, the the entire reason to have this ticket party is to create hype for when tickets go on sale for double or nothing. And it's, it's, so it's like a press conference, right? That Like, that's the whole idea. And the second that Cody announced that go to the website, click the, click the, the banner, and, uh, and you'll be able to put your name down to get a pre-sale code for when tickets go on sale. And so immediately, like I got my phone. So I'm like, Oh, I want to see what it looks like. So I go, then I click the banner and then it times out (laughs) like 30 seconds after he said it. And I'm there live. I'm not on the streaming delay. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And so I did it again, did it again, did it again. And it's locked out. And so, you know, I'm really close to the stage, obviously. And I see one of the guys tell uh, tell Matt, because I think Matt and and Nick came out next. And he's like, hey, like the the tickets are already like the, the thing already crashed. And I think Matt goes, oh, that's good. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's really good, actually, if it's crashed because too many people hit it. Um, and so... That, like, that tells you something, right? Like, let's say, I think the, I forget what the number was, but it was, like, they already had, like, 12,000 codes that were snatched up, like, within 15 minutes. It was something crazy like that, right? Mm-hmm. So, if you look at that metric and say, let's say that it got up to 15,000. I don't, I don't know if that's right or not, but... That is more than the MGM Grand holds, so not everyone who got a code is going to get a ticket. You would think, I mean, especially, I don't know how, I don't know if they're limiting tickets either, as far as like how many you can get at uh, what maybe it's four. So people are going to get left out. 
Now, if you could conclude that, you know, let's say they do this every time, and let's say there's a metric that they can correlate to, you know, we had X number, X number of, of people hit that server in 10 minutes, usually equals, usually equals this number of people who actually buy. I would assume that WWE kind of does stuff like this. I'm sure they've hired people to do stuff like this, but like, that's the way that I imagine, you know, maybe, maybe Chris is thinking is just to create, you know, a lot of these statistics and 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 where you can kind of predict business a little bit better like you know vince mcmahon uh i don't know what it was like three months ago or something it's like oh yeah we know how to fix this house show business like we we, we have ideas and you know we'll, we'll, we'll get it figured out and then the next three months were worse than the previous three months <laughs> right so it's like there's got to be ways to predict these things as they happen, and it, which many successful companies do, right? Like when I go into my all hands, my you know the 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 growth uh, OKRs that we set, we generally come pretty close to hitting them, even 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 if they're. Uh, even if they're very healthy goals, and and look, you, you when you have a goal and you set a goal and you you are going to put in the amount of effort to reach that goal if if you can, and so that's part of it too. But I just I just think that that's the X factor for AEWs. They're gonna have really smart people who also know wrestling, and so you have like this mix of like math nerd plus wrestling nerd, you know, equals. Mookie Ghana. So I think he's, I think he's going to be like a really key guy for them. And, and I think they should utilize him because he is, he is a very, very smart guy. Very nice guy too. I got to talk to him and his wife. Uh, He's been around for, like I said, forever, but it was the first time I got to meet him. So that was cool. I find it funny that people like thought like they're not going to sell out. Like I was just, I knew like right away that they're going to sell out and pretty quickly because this is still hot and fresh and new. Like, and people wanted, you know, even though they, it was a big like, let's support them, let's, you know, let's get, let's get behind them and support the first show all in. Like, I feel like this, that same vibe goes with AEW, you know, this, with their first show under the AEW banner. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm surprised when I hear people say, oh, they're not going to sell out. It's going to be tough for them. Like, dude, they can sell ten thousand. They can sell twelve thousand. You know. <laughs> well, and, what what is what does that ticket on sale thing tell you? they probably undercut what they could have done right now. I don't know how many, where, where else could they have run that has, you know, most venues are, you know, between 12 and 18,000. So, you know, they could have ran a bigger place, but outside of 18,000, then you're talking about like baseball stadium or something Mm -hmm. like that. And that, that would seem a little bit of a, 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 a big, a big target but maybe next time they try something like that and instead of doing it in um you know in a chicago arena maybe the the next all-in show is at uh i don't know where where the wherever the white Sox play or something like i i mean I, that that's just i, I that's just because i can't think of a, of a better place around there but you know you could if they if they can sort of figure this stuff out and figure the demand and look at what what the what's hot and what's cold like you know theoretically they they could they probably could have outsold the Royal Rumble for this show which is kind of hard to believe well how how many people could fit in T-Mobile in Vegas 
I think eighteen to twenty. Eighteen to twenty. Yeah, yeah. With well, a, with you know, a stage, maybe less, but I'm not sure. Like I'm not worried about all the stuff in the beginning. I'm I'm curious about six months into their TV show and their house show run. That's what I'm I'm curious to see. Or three months into it, like mm-hmm. how is that business? They get, are they going to do this consistently, or is it you know? I mean, what's their okay? If you're a, if you're AEW, do you do a lot of house shows? Sounds like sounds like they're not because the way Tony Khan was saying that, you know, he wants every show to have a very high work weight, so he doesn't want to burn out the guys having like a ton of shows, right? So they could go the route with basically like 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 Japan where they do tours, maybe do like two to three weeks of tours and some days off here and there. And I think that would be smart because I think you do have to protect the athlete. You do have to, you know, if you want a high, if you want high, high work rate, you should definitely can't run these guys out there like every day. Right. So, but still though, at the same time, like when, the, when the freshness and the newness and runs out, like how, how things are to be right. I'm, it's it's interesting, and then they got then that's when they really got to be creative. That's when they really got to, you know, bring in new talent, to freshen up the cards, etc. And I, like I said, I think they're all smart guys. I think they know what they're doing, and I think that they're going to be successful. And uh, I I don't think they're having an issue with it. I just I'm just curious to see how their business is going to go over the next like six months when they when when they start getting their TV and and all that. So, I. I was very interested in in just what what you said, and what it makes me wonder is, I, I think I've talked about this before, where you know you have a TV deal, and then I almost wonder if getting one of these streaming services to pay you consistent, predictable money is actually a better outlet than trying to do pay per view. But now that I think of it. If they're not, if they're, if they're only going to try to do special shows, maybe what you do is you have, let's say you have four pay-per-views a year and then you have your weekly TV show and then let's say you have 10 Clash of the Champions type of shows. Can you sell those 10 shows to DAZN? You would get money from TV, weekly TV. Then you'd get money from DAZN. Then you'd get money from pay-per-views where everything leads up to those big shows. I think that's mm-hmm. actually a pretty interesting business model. I think it's a great business model. That's what, I mean, that's what I would do. I mean, there's this money that's going around from all these streaming sites. Why wouldn't you tap into it, right? Why wouldn't you get some of that that cash? I mean, the shit. The Zone's just forking out big money for a lot of these big fights and these, and these you know, I Look how much they pay for Bellator, you know, and Bellator's only doing like four hundred thousand viewers on Paramount, right? Yeah, yep. So it's out there. Grab it. I think someone will be offering it. I think the zone should be smart and jump on that. I think that will help out big time for them. Um I don't think ESPN would do it, but I would leverage ESPN, like, you know, like I mean, I mean they need programming. And I, th- I think you're right in that they wouldn't do AEW. But I almost feel like they could have done WWE 
better than WWE's own network could do WWE, just based on how they're doing with ESPN or with UFC so far. So I wouldn't. I don't know if what, I. I don't know if I'd take them out of the running quite. What are yet. your thoughts about them starting their own streaming service? Um, I think we have too many of them right now, and I think it would hurt them now. You know what it, I mean, you, but you know what might happen is it might undercut some of the other ones that are out there, like the ROH one and uh, the TNA one. Well, no one probably has that that global no one. No one has that. But um, New Japan World, like it would cut into all of those, and I want you know they're all about this togetherness thing. I wonder if that would just piss people off even more. I mean, well, I don't know. I mean, there's so many. A lot of promotions have the streaming service. Look at All Japan has a streaming service. After I'm done wa- the, doing this recording, I'm watching the show. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, so I, yeah, a lot of promotions. DET has their own. Um, there's a lot. Big Japan has their own. So a lot of promotions have them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It's interesting for sure. You know, maybe that's where you get to watch your Clash of Champions. But the other, the other thing about the streaming services is that they don't have the rights, uh, at least I, I don't think, they wouldn't have to, the rights to a lot of stuff that would be sort of the backdrop of, of, of a streaming service because you need content. I mean, you could put the Being the Elites on there, obviously, but you would need old footage to kind of, you know, be the thing that continuously brings people back uh because you're only if you're only you know unless they're doing like many shows which we don't think they're doing i I think it'd be hard for people to justify until unless there was way more footage than they currently would have well like for example like you're right because agpw all japan net or dot tv sorry um their streaming service is just they don't have the rights to their old footage the classic stuff I mean, you, it's all just basically... The, the network owns all that stuff, right? network owns all that stuff. So you can't just say, I'm going to dial up Kawada versus Masawa. You know, you, just, you can't do that. Luckily, all that stuff's off free on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I'm really into the product, the current All Japan product. I like a lot of those talents. So I, I, I'm a nut and I follow it. So, I, like, for example, like when they're done with their tour and there's a little downtime, like there's nothing for me to go around and watch, you know, to watch. I can't, I don't go on, I don't click on it because I know yeah, it's not yep. going to start till, you know, a week or two later. So, yeah, you're right. If they don't have that consistent something for the fans to kind of keep checking in, if I, if like I said, if I was the zone and I'm, if I'm a lead, I would definitely, all lead, I would definitely check in with the zone and try to get that money for them because they're, they're forking it out right now. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, if you if you listen to that Kenny interview by the time we we talk on Wednesday, we should probably. I, I want to get your thoughts on that stuff because I know you you think about this stuff a little bit differently than than everyone else does, and and uh, I want to I want I'm interested in what you think about the things that he says because uh, he he's he's a he's a different cat, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, no, I do. I definitely want to listen to it. Um, I was more interested in the Tony Khan interview so that's why i dialed it that first and i was having my breakfast listening to my friends interview tony khan so mm-hmm. that was pretty cool and then i was really you know really impressed with it and but then 
Daddy duty came into play. <laughs> Keep my focus. Hunter is all over the place, man. He's he's figured it out that he can move from one place to the other, and he's like, okay, cool, later. I know. I saw the video. Your daughter was getting such a kick out of him being able to scoot too. Yeah, he's he's, he's getting it fast. Okay, so the other main thing I wanted to talk about is something we didn't get to talk about last week. Uh, we went to the APW show, which you helped uh, put together as far as, you know, the matches and the booking and stuff. And then the next day, or actually two days later, I watched Halftime Heat. And what and what it sort of, what the kind of the, the comparison that I made was, I, I liked a lot of the stuff on the APW show, especially when it was... Uh, you know Morrison and and uh, Kratos and and Fatu like those guys are, are all really good and and I thought they had they did some really fun stuff especially when that wasn't the actual booked match uh for for the for for the most part and they they kind of had to improvise a little bit but when I watched halftime heat I said okay APW indie promotion they got some good guys not as polished as the guy uh, is except Morrison Morrison is pretty polished but you know it was like really good guys talented guys tons of upside to everyone um and then you watch NXT and what NXT to me is is a super polished version of what I was watching on Friday night and not all of NXT but specifically this match because this match was all about moves it was just move turn around move no there was no breathing room in this match they didn't let anything you 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 couldn't take a breath and just let anything sit right there there, there wasn't anything to wait for because it was just boom 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 for the whole match and you know for what it was it was very entertaining and you had tons of really super athletic guys timing was great like nobody missed anything in this match and so what it made me think of was where does indie wrestling go? Because essentially what dominates NXT and what dominates or what I expect to dominate AEW is a super polished version of what's out there on the indies. And you, as someone who's very close to that scene, if I can get that stuff on TV, am I going to go to my local and see a less polished version of that product. I think people will go to the local scene. I, th- I don't think it affects it too much because people still want to see live action. Um, I think it on any level, it depends on star quality that you're going to have there. I don't think people are going to just go to like promotion full of just students learning anymore right they, but they but I, I guess what i should have also said is what happens if all those guys get snatched up and are exclusive like the reason john morrison can can wrestle for apw is because he works for tna and his contract allows him to do so but let's say if he works for wwe or if he works for roh more than likely you guys wouldn't have access to him anymore mm-hmm. He's got to find another uh, next guy, right? He's got to keep looking to see who's available. I mean, I don't, that's the only thing you can do. Will it hurt the attendance? Sure. I mean, it hurt when we lost Cody. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Cody was a really big draw for Cody us. Cody was the guy. And then he was, I mean, we it definitely 
took a dip when he was when he was uh, not on the cards anymore. But just got to keep, you know, feet to the ground and look for some new talent to put on your shows and draw the crowd. And that's all you can do. I, I think just I don't think fans are being like, oh, I can you know it's better to watch it here than to go and see it live. I think they still will come out. And if there's a match that's going to interest them or a piece of talent that they kind of just get behind and want to see live, you know, I think people also like going to indie shows because it's so personable. Then not only that the action is close to you for the most part, that you could walk over to the merch booth and have a conversation with these guys and gals. So I think there's that, that part of it, you know, and I think there's also the part of it where the family atmosphere of indie shows, like you could take a kid to watch live wrestling at a pretty decent price, you know, too. So I think that's there. Um, unfortunately, I think indie wrestling can get a little too vulgar for me as a father of two young kids. Mm-hmm. Seeing like, I mean, even APW, it's like, yeah, I didn't like to see the middle fingers mm-hmm. stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, especially when there's little kids around. But I understand like kids are seeing worse these days, you know, but, you know, I don't know. I think, I think, I think indie wrestling is fine. I think um, there's always going to be a place for it. I think there's always new talent coming up and getting over, and you just got to be quick to find those talents and book them, you know, and and before they're gone. Because we we do know that there's going to be some heavy competition for indie talent just around the corner. With WWE wanting to be the first people to swoop in before AEW gets them. AEW wants to get from WWE. ROH wants to be in the game, you know. There's MLW wants to grab people. So Impact just wants to hold on, you know. So I don't think they're going to be grabbing too many people. But, you know, it's uh, you just got to be smart and and, uh, and and do your diligence and find these next wave of uh, top indie talent. Okay, so here's part two to that question, which is if you're, a- if you're AEW and you have already said that your goal is to go out to these shows – these local shows, maybe even some smaller shows, and find the diamonds in the rough, is it in their best interest to help keep these independent shows, or just the scene in general, healthy? And I don't know how they would do that. I don't know if that means that they would allow folks to kind of work their home, their home territories, or if they would, you know allow someone like a jungle boy to you know when he gets hot to go you know be the main event like maybe maybe that is that is the idea uh but if they have exclusive contracts with these guys but their goal is to dip into the indie talent pool how do you keep those relationships strong and how do you keep the pool strong so that you do have the opportunity to find these diamonds in the rough i mean the pool's gonna be strong because there's always new talent coming up you know um i don't think I mean, I know they say they want to be everyone, play with, play nice with everyone, help everyone, but they still got to focus on their stuff. I mean, until they're up and running, until their TV's up and running, I think it's be positive for them to let guys get extra bookings. And the only worry that they would have, though, is people getting hurt, right? Um, just for example, today, then. Or last night, Phoenix got hurt. I mean, luckily it was only like a stinger, and he's going to be fine in a couple weeks. But like, what if he breaks his leg, and then there goes that big match at Double or Nothing, right, with Young Bucks and Penta? That's what I would worry about. Yeah. 
but at the same time, you know, get these guys work, give these guys some extra cash. You know, a Jungle Boy, well, we hope at least that he will be available for us um, as long as we can have him, you know, until AEW is up and running with their uh, with their TV and everything. So, but like, there's like, do they need to go to every show and watch? No. Do they need to send scouts out? Yes. Do they need to keep, you know, do they need to, do, that's what I would do. I'd hire, hire some scouts that you trust to kind of come report back. Like, hey, we've been hearing about so and so. I, I would I would hire uh, a guy by the name of John LaRocca for my West Coast <laughs> territory. Uh, I would I would give him uh, L.A., uh, San Francisco, maybe send him out to Arizona, and uh, and have him do all the scouting for me. That'd be smart, actually. Not 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 hire me, but like <laughs> I'm just saying, like that'd be cool because like you have like a, like guys with like you know you get Western California, Western United States to Central you know, Central guy and an East Coast guy or. You know, and you can you don't have to spend too much money in flights for these guys to go out and scout talent, and they just can always report back. You know, keep tabs on people and see their training, visit schools, visit wrestling schools to see what they have going on. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, I don't know what WWE is doing when it comes to how they scout. Um, I know they have these tryouts. Um, I know they they do stuff with local scene when they're in towns. So, but. You know, you could beat them to it if you're really proact- proactive and going out there to these indies and, and and find the next big thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, a couple other things we want to do before we get out of here. Uh, you wanted to talk about the Taichi and Naito match from last week, which I didn't get to watch. Uh, I have not been uh, outside of watching the Kushida Tanahashi match. I have not been on my A game with this new beginning and the road to new beginning. <laughs> and and I know that they're you know Tanahashi and Jay White are doing their match. Uh, probably in about from when we're recording this, about twenty seven, twenty eight hours. So that I, I I will try I will try and watch that match before our our next show. Um, but uh, but yeah. So what 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 did what was up with the with the uh, Taichi and Naito match? I mean, I thought it was it was a really good match. I did enjoy the story. Like how it kicked off with Isuka coming out, attacking Naito from behind with a chair, and putting a really good beating on him, and then the young boys taking Izuka out, and then Taichi going on the rampway and hitting the uh, his finisher on the ramp, and like you know Naito's left for dead, and Taichi's getting the bell, he's walking around with it, claiming himself to be champion, and then everyone kind of comes out to discuss like you know what they should do and and the should they. You know what's going to happen? Is, is this match off? Is it on? Um, I liked all that stuff. The only thing I didn't like, I didn't like red shoes. Is like over the top antics of like he's such a showman, and sometimes I think he does it with, like too much. He's too too much of a showman sometimes. Like you're just a, like be the referee, don't stand out too much. Like the way he was just kind of like holding the belt into the corner so Tai Chi wouldn't take it anymore. Just was kind of over the top, but. I like the story of, like, because Taichi, you know, a lot of people bag on him, but I think he's a really good character. I think he's a really good heel. Um, I like that story. The things got crazy for me is they bring out a table. They set it up. And 
Naito ended up reversing the tease that Tachi's going to put his finisher through it, but Naito in his reversing hits the pile driver to the table, right? To me, that's like way too big, right? <laughs> if way too big for a moment that's like right in the middle of the match, right? I think a simple reverse backdrop into the table is fine if you're right. going to do a table spot. Naito, Naito was really working hard to make this a classic batch, right? Mm-hmm. But it, in doing so, he took a lot of very big risks, like a lot of head-dropping stuff, which I was really uncomfortable with. Like, one too many. And, and Seems I Seems like that's kind of his thing now. Yeah, like these yeah. Danger, these, dangerous, these dangerous things that where you're like, oh, like, why are you doing that? I just thought he took it to such a dangerous level. I, I don't think they needed that. I think the crowd was already hot enough for it. And so that's what I want to talk about. That's why I was kind of just like, I was just shocked about this. Because I did like this, you know, crazy reverse Rana that looked nasty. And also I think it, he took, he did, I think, yeah, Taichi did kick out of Destino, which I thought was like a little too much. Like that's like, I mean, he's beaten guys with just one Destino that are like higher caliber than Taichi. Especially like like Minoru Suzuki, for example, right? Mm-hmm. Like he takes one big Destino to beat Minoru Suzuki, and he needs you know he needs hit two for Taichi. Um, I'm not feeling that, but I think it, Taichi was elevated here. Though I think I like Taichi. I I think he gets a lot of bad flack about because he's not that good. I know Dave always says he's not that good. Makes her he always makes a remark about that, but like. I think Tai Chi's good at knowing his limitations and working around it. So that's why he uses all the smoke and mirrors of all the brawling and stuff. So, so um, like I said, I like the overall story. I was just really concerned with the head dropping and stuff. So do you think Naito gets back into the main event title picture this year? Definitely, 100%. He's got to, right? Um, I'm actually hoping for some classic... Naito versus Tanahashi matches. Um, if Tanahashi does survive Jay White, my guess is that they're going to put the belt on Jay White because, I mean, God, it seems too early, but I think he's going to win it sooner than later because, you know, Gato's really working hard to make him the, the top, one of the top guys. So, so vacancy. I, let me spoil something for you in the Omega interview. Omega said. The idea was for him to lose the title to Tanahashi at Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. That that was where they were going to go originally. And so could Tanahashi, could that be the main, essentially the main event for Madison Square Garden is Tanahashi and Jay White if we think that Jay White is essentially the same stories that they were going to use for Kenny Omega. Yeah, because he's been slotted in that Kenny Omega spot, right? Yes, I mean, I can see that, definitely. They want a big championship win for the Madison Square Garden show. So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think Gato really wants to really make Jay White as a, one of their top stars. So I think putting the belt on him um, would be a move that he would make. Uh, I I'm not a big fan of quick title changes. I just I just it just annoys me. You know I know Tanahashi 
really doesn't need it because he's such a legend. I mean, because may, maybe you could do a short title change here and then come back for Madison Square Garden and Tanahashi gets the, the win and, you know, in the U.S. Um, but you're right. You're right. It is. It would be short. Like, it felt like that Tanahashi win over Omega should be the start of something pretty legendary. Uh, I just wonder who his um, who his combatants are going to be. Like, obviously, Jay oh, White. Okada's got to be in the mix. Naito's got to be in the mix. Uh, but it's not like, you know, when you take Omega out of the picture, and, and you know, may, maybe Kota, right? If Kota's still going to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, though Omega did say he could work New Japan if he wanted to. And um, uh, and that, and and he just, I think he's just sort of deciding when he wants to do that. But here, here's, here's the guy that I would do the match. And, and, if you're not doing Tanahashi Okada, what about a Tanahashi Chris Jericho match at Madison Square Garden? Yeah, because Jericho has the ability to work. Though to work, with uh, R- yeah, though with ROH involved, maybe they don't want him in there. I don't know. May, that 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 may, that may x him out of that match. It's just the fact that it's a dual brand plus, show. Plus, they don't need like something to really boost ticket sales because it's already sold out, right? There's no desperate to be like make like a big you know push to draw this big you know crowd because they already have it. There should be a little bit of a desperation though, knowing that they don't have Omega Tanahashi because they want they want to have the show of the weekend like that's the goal, right? We're gonna mm-hmm. upstage NXT. We're gonna upstage WrestleMania. We're gonna upstage the Hall of Fame. This is like they're even doing a fan fest the night before, which goes head up with NXT. So they're, I mean, they're putting a lot of, of, uh, a, a lot of money into this weekend, mm-hmm. and I think we have like now. I I would say that if you, me, Dutra. The Heartbreak Kid. We're going to go into Madison Square Garden. Our first time watching anything at MSG, this historic building. And if we see a B-plus show, I'm going to be pretty disappointed. I don't think they're going to get a B-plus show, though. Okay, but it's loaded. Okay, but how, but how do you make it an A-plus show if you don't do Tanahashi Okada? Yeah, I think they're going to do Tanahashi Okada. I think, Tana, I think Okada's winning the cup. New Japan Cup in March. And he's going to challenge Tanahashi. And I hope it goes 60-minute draw. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's that's why I think it's going to happen. I think I think if you don't put the belt on Jay White, I think you go with Tanahashi Okada. Okay, but if you I, don't put the belt on Jay White, the, you've created this... Um... <sighs> I, I don't I don't know about the heel underdog, right? Like I like the babyface underdog story, but I don't know about the heel underdog who can who can't win the big one and keeps coming back. It's a mm-hmm. little bit of a weird disconnect for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think knowing Gato, like his history, I think I think it's going to be Jay White and Tanahashi. What I want to see is Tanahashi Okada, of course. I yeah. love the B. I see at least one of those matches live would be, you know, 
something I will never forget, you know, because I've never seen a Flair for Steamboat live. I've never seen Jack Briscoe, Dory Funk Jr. live, right? Or Masawa and Kawada live. So that would be my closest to such a legendary rivalry to see. So I'm just holding out for that. Yeah, I hope you're right. Um, I really hope unless, you're right. Unless you feel so confident, Jay White, that he doesn't win here, but he wins uh, a G1, you know? There you go. That could be That could be it. Maybe he build his he build his rep there. And yeah, my my only get... worry about Jay White winning G one is that we have a situation where another match kind of overshadows what should be the championship match at the Tokyo Dome. You think you think that's not a big match? White well, for, uh, well I mean you Okada's you know, we'll, we'll see we'll see as far as where Jay White goes, but I will say that. As, as much as they've done with him, which I think has been really good, there is a part of that audience that doesn't that still doesn't buy him. I, I by the way, I loved Okada and Jay White. I you know, there were three great matches on that show, or four great yeah. matches on that show, and that was one of them, and I would put that one up with the four. Like I thought it was that good. So it's not the fact that I don't think he's a great wrestler. I just wonder if that character is the main event um, championship level character. Yeah. Well, just remember when Okada debuted this when he came, came back to New Japan, and he won like a you know quick match and debuted the Rainmaker, and then it get it get, got zero reaction. People thought, <laughs> oh, it's gonna fail, <laughs> and now he's one of the best wrestlers in the world. So. Anyone that can get any, there's anyone that can get anyone over. I mean, it's Gato, right? So, I mean, I I think I would like to see him. I, I the only thing that bugs me about the whole Jay White stuff is that it's just too much interference, too much Americanized stuff, you know. Before, before you know, when Akata got over, he just got over his great matches, right? So. And I'm curious where Naito plays with all this stuff. We always talk about Kata, Tanahashi, Jay White, but where's Naito playing this? You know? Yeah, th- and that, that's I, why I asked you because I think in order for them to continue their growth as a company, and you don't have Omega at least for right now, uh, and you don't, you know, and, and he he was your guy for uh, New Japan USA. I think someone else is gonna have to step up in that role, and not, I feel like Naito, while super hot when it comes to like fan base um fan you know just just this the, the t-shirts and and all that stuff I, I i i think he's been a little bit sort of overshadowed by other guys mm-hmm. and now it's time for him to step back into that role as 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 a hot hot guy i like to see them also step up guys that are on the fringe of the main events like a sonata you know, like he was he was so awesome in G one last year, but it kind of got overshadowed by the, you know, Tanahashi stuff, of course. Cause that's the main that's the main story there. But like I th- I thought like I think Sonata has something about him that could be, you know, a big star. You know, at least I would like to see him branch off into Intercontinental title stuff. You know, for this year and kind of build him up as a a, a singles player for twenty twenty. That would be that would be awesome. I mean, I think there are a couple of guys who they really need to to push to that next level. Uh, one of them is one of your uh, one of your best friends, by the way, Jeff Cobb. 
<laughs> that would be one of them for sure. Yeah, I thought I was gonna say Maka Bay, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I love Maka Bay. But uh, no, like Jeff would be fantastic. Like that, you know, something, something new, something fresh too, you know. And uh, you know, we've seen he definitely be a nice one. And what about the young kids? You know, I know it takes a little longer for them to kind of be pushed in the main event you know they have japanese wrestling has a very specific way they do stuff with the the young talent but like there's a lot of good though they have a lot of good young guys that are like heavyweights you know and uh that's one thing new japan has like over other companies like i you know i watch noah and, and all japan specifically and uh, noah does have one good young heavyweight coming up but like for the most part a lot of the guys are just junior heavyweights so New Japan, um, they get the heavyweight talent, young talent. So uh, uh, let's 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 elevate those guys. Let's elevate those guys and see what happens. Absolutely. All right, we want to talk about one other match that we both saw, which was uh, on NXT this week. So if you, that's a pretty easy one to watch if you haven't watched it. I haven't watched the whole show. I just watched this match. I still want to watch the main event. Uh, but uh, Drew Gulak and Matt Riddle, you told me that uh, that it was a good match and it was a good ground battle. And I really liked it. I liked a lot of the submission stuff that they were doing and just the groundwork. Um, and, you know, I've seen, obviously I've seen Drew Gulak pre-WWE, pre-205 Live, pre-NXT. But that's another one where, you know, a lot of people say, well... NXT just brings in all these indie guys who are already good. And I, I agree with that sentiment. But what NXT does is it puts like a it puts like a wax on these guys. And it puts yeah, like awesome. a, a coating of like, here's how to be a pro. And here's how to express yourself a little bit better. And here's how to connect with the fans a little bit better. And here's how to slow down in this area. Like, when I watched that match, I thought, man, Drew Gulak is so much better at this stuff than I ever remember him. Exactly. They go, WWE, they, people bag on the WWE so much. They, they, it's like, it's like cool the crap on them, right? They're the big evil. They, they hold, you know, they get these guys on the indie and they just, they polish them up. They, they, they. For example, Ricochet versus Johnny Gargano, like great match. People loved it. I feel it got overrated by a lot of people because, because you know, I, I just didn't like that Ricochet went from zero to hero. You know, took all his punishment. And he's able just to be like he was in the beginning of the match, right? But that's something they're working with him on. They're like telling him like. You're just you're just too talented, you know. Like <laughs> this comes too easy for you. You have exactly. to make it look harder. Yes, Wrestling should too, be hard. <laughs> yes, it's too easy. You know, just you can just flip to your feet with 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 a sneeze, right? And you're you're a freak. But like, struggle with it when you when you make a comeback. Struggle. Show some, show some like wear and tear from the match. Some battles from that. You know, the, show the battle that you were in when you make that big comeback. You still do your 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 exciting comeback but like make sure make it to where it looks like a, like you're just fighting the fighting the to make that big run again a big comeback again you know same thing with um you know Roddick strong like you know he goes too fast sometimes you know slow down a little bit i mean they 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 get these guys and they polish them up and and then like drew gulak same thing he was fantastic in this match and uh riddle that was such a great surprise i didn't you know i don't really watch i don't really read all the spoilers a lot of time because sometimes i just want to be enjoy what i'm watching and not having to 
an idea was going to happen. It just kind of ruins it for me. So I didn't realize they had a match and with Riddle, and it was really good. Told a great story. I liked, I liked Gulak's offense. Like when he did those drop kicks, that drop kick out of the corner to cut off. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. And I love his drop kicks. They're not Tommy Rogers drop kicks from the Fantastics. They're not Okada drop kicks, but they're so like in control. But they're at, they look out of control. Just brings that little more realism and yep. danger to them. Yep. And so I just I was just really really like this match. They shook hands afterwards, and I was like, damn, I kind of want to see this program. <laughs> you know, I want to see more matches between them. So I don't know what that means, or just a little passing of the torch thing, whatever that means. But like, actually, the whole show is 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 a good watch. The squash match with uh, Jackson Riker, who was Gunner in TNA, was a really good squash match. You know, the Forgotten Sons are going to be a great act to watch. So I definitely keep an eye on them. And the main event with uh, the four horsewomen versus the sky pirates and Bianca, like fun, super, super fun match. Um, Shana did some really cool stuff in the beginning. Um, all the girls are good. EO is fantastic. Tom Caster is great as a referee. So, <laughs> so definitely, uh, definitely shout out to Tom. Show. Shout out to Tom. Like it's worth it to like. It's it's a good hour to watch, and it made me excited to maybe you know, tune in next week because it's hard to catch every show because it's like watch so much stuff. Especially now that we're watching ninety three Raws and exactly. we're doing the road to WrestleMania, so we got to keep up on SmackDown and Raw every week. But it just it just reminded me like, oh man, NXT does have a fun product. I I gotta keep up with it and and stuff. So yeah, it was an easy watch, and it, the hour went by pretty fast. Okay, uh, before we end, and and, and uh, I want to tell a story before we get off, but what do you think about, okay, if you're Vince McMahon, what do you think about Matt Riddle's current NXT character? Hmm, if he likes it or not. Does he like, base, essentially... Jeff Spicoli, who's a great wrestler. I think he does like it. I think he sees a guy that's connected with the audience. Right right away, people go, bro, bro, bro. It's such a cool thing, an easy thing to get behind. Um, I think the flip-flops add a, a fun to him. And then he gets to deliver in the ring, right? So I, th- I think Vince is a guy that he likes. Um, he's not the biggest guy, but he's not – small either so i he just has superstar potential i think he could be a guy that could definitely do big things on the main roster and you know i just hope they don't get too goofy with him you know that's i all my that's always my concern with a lot of these guys that come up um i think wd needs to make a needs a big start changing how they book the NXT guys that come up because they've ruined so many guys, man, just nobodies or just ordinary guys. Instead of like, they get something hot handed to them mm-hmm. that they've built up on them. Own. I know it's like, it's like, it's, it's on a silver platter for you. Just don't screw it up and they <laughs> screw it up. It's like, it's like, you know, the junior high school that's connected to the high school, like the eighth graders are like cool. And they're at the big table. Yep. Oh. But now you're here at the high school. You gotta go back to the small table. With you know, you gotta build your way up to the big table. That's what I feel like that they do, and it's just, it's just, they just 
cut their legs off, you know, before they can, you know, let them catch fire out the gate. You know, like American Alpha, right? I mean, gosh, they were like super hot and yep. a fun team. Like, let them go out there just have great matches. It's it's easy. The Revival having great matches on NXT, they come up and they don't do sh- crap. Yeah, and look, I, I get it for like, you know, back in the day, WWE was so good at introducing new guys and they would turn them into stars. WCW with Bill Goldberg, right? Now, WCW wasn't always so great with that. But imagine today you have a Bill Goldberg and you go, oh, by the way, you have to wrestle eight-minute matches on Raw because you're not great at it yet. These guys are actually really good who come up and they still run them through the ringer. It's kind of crazy. Or, like, for example, like why bring up Sanity and have no idea what, what to do with them? You know why I think they did that is because they're like, they've done everything they could ever do at NXT, and we just need the room. <laughs> but, you should, I mean, sh- shouldn't you have a game plan? You should, and it's not like they weren't over. They were, yeah. uh, and, and it's not like they weren't different from what you have. Now, some people may say, oh, you know, well, the Wyatts are kind of, you know, similar or whatever, but the Wyatts are no longer. So why you can't you, you there's room for a sanity. Mm-hmm. I just think if you say say you're you're bringing up on May 1st, right? That's their start date on the main roster. They should know this in March at the mid, at the at the earliest, right? And the writers need to have ideas for them going forward. Not just bring them up and be like they're on TV for a few weeks, and all of a sudden they're not because we don't know what to do with them. That just that poor planning just drives me nuts for the WWE, and they need to get better at that. Well, if they get some competition, maybe they will have to get better. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens with this international superstar shakeup, right? So, so give me give me the lowdown on that. I noticed that they changed it from just the super super. Uh, the the shakeup the uh to the and they added the international piece and what does that actually mean? I'm I mean I'm just guessing. I'm just thinking that maybe it means that not just from SmackDown or Raw or even NXT like maybe we see a guy or two or a gal from uh, NXT UK mm-hmm. get drafted like. Uh, a Pete Dunn, right, or a Tyler Bate, or something like that, or uh, a Walter. Throw some names out there. Um, I don't think I, I I can see him bringing up Pete Dunn. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he. What else is he gonna do in NXT UK? I think he's wasted there. I think he's perfect to be a call up. Okay, so so him. you're so you're saying if at the next NXT takeover, mm. P- Pete Dunn loses the title. That could be a signal that he's coming up. I think so. I mean, what else he, what else he gonna do? He held that tower for about six hundred something days, whatever it is. Blah blah blah. <laughs> and he's and think, so good. And I, he's he's fantastic. And I think you know maybe they maybe a guy from two alive two of two of two of two of five live shows up, gets called up to the main roster, you know, which would be awesome. So, um, I think it's gonna be. 
not just so not ju- not Raw. just Raw and SmackDown, basically. No, no, I think that's what it when it, when that got leaked, the international uh, superstar shakeup. I think that's I think that's what I was like a, a signal to see what's going to happen, and I think that's great. I think it's a great thing, and uh, I just hope when they do <laughs> break these guys up from in a you know NXT UK or or, or a two hundred five live or something like that. Like, gosh, please do something with them, please. Yeah, totally. Especially Pete Dunn. Don't mess that guy up, please. Oh you talk God. about a guy that connects with 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 an audience. That guy connects because he he has that Chris Benoit about him. Mm-hmm. Like you just know, like when he comes out, you just know he's a badass. You just know, and you like him. And he doesn't need to talk, say anything. He just when he comes out, you're like, man, this guy is. You guys, he's gonna kick someone's ass, and I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna watch. That would be awesome. I, I would love to see him, but then I would hate to see him get beat by Randy Orton in five minutes. You know, like that's the thing that I would hate to see. But uh, no. but uh, but yeah, no, I, I would love to see him and, and Tyler Bate too. Tyler Bate is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, in a sense, he's a little bit of a, of a, of a prodigy because of how young he is. And, you know, it probably would do him some good to learn the, uh, how, you know, to learn how to be on the road in the U S because if he is that good, his growth projection is, is probably astronomical, but there's another piece to wrestling that these young guys, you know, probably have to master and you know i'm sure he's done lots of traveling in in his area but this is like a whole different ball game and i think that'd be good for him yeah yeah no no definitely and i don't know if i mean maybe it's not just tyler bay maybe like trent seven two the mustache mountain tag team comes up or or you know just to add some 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 fresh faces to the roster but you gotta push those fresh faces man i still don't understand how i mean now they're doing something with now but how you just how do you make Andrade nothing for months? You know, I just I don't believe it. But we'll see. No, that, I, I think that's a, I think it's a great I think it's a great thing, especially two five live. Like they got guys like Buddy Murphy and Cedric Alexander who are fantastic, but they're always on the pre-show. Like they mm-hmm. they never get to really show their stuff uh, to a larger audience, and uh, and you know Buddy Murphy. Uh, now that they don't have Kenny Omega, like he just he copies all of Kenny Omega's moves, so there you go. Just change, I mean, Buddy, change his name, Buddy Omega. <laughs> Buddy Murphy <laughs> is a main event guy. He he's he, he's, he's, he's really good. He has a great look. I mean, he could do it in the ring, of course. He has a grip, great promo. I mean, if they really let him go with his mic, he, he could definitely deliver on that. Um, he's he's fantastic and you throw him in with the with anyone in the main roster in the main event scene he's gonna deliver i definitely like i always thought my storyline with with buddy was always i think he should be like the macho man running savage in a sense like he wins a 205 title right like you know he has that championship holds it for a calendar year declares himself he's gonna you know vacate the title and move up to the main roster right heavyweight division quote unquote and then have a bidding war between SmackDown and Raw for his services and make him that special, right? That's why that's what I would have done with him. And and you know, kinda like when then Savage came up, like who's gonna ma- ever all the managers want him because he's just you know, but then Bam, they had they, Bam Bam Bigelow too. They did the same thing with yeah, Bam. Yeah, they Bam. did the same thing with him too. So 
that's what I would have done with Buddy, and who knows, maybe they'll still do that. Because, uh, but yeah, don't get him off that damn pre-show. Let him let him be seen by more eyes. You know, I mean, how many people really watch that pre-show? I don't, and I and I watch too much shit, right? It's like, <laughs> I just can't watch WWE for like you know twelve hours you know, for one show. So I hope absolutely I hope Elimination Chamber with all the guys in the Elimination Chamber and the girls. Like, there should be room for Buddy Murphy on the main roster. I know they announced that he's going to be defending title against Akira Tozawa, but I just don't want to be on the on the pre-show. Please yeah. give him a main event. Give him a main roster. Main pay-per-view match, please. Yep. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's most of what we were going to talk about tonight. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention, so, you know, we used to talk about our kids at the end of every show, and because we're doing the Raw recap, it's like there's really no time to do that, ex- except on special occasions. And, you know, you talked about your boy crawling and, and getting going. Um, and so I wanted to talk about, just quickly, uh, so my youngest, he played his final high school basketball game tonight. <laughs> and, you know, that's that's whatever right like that you you he's a senior and he his season was going to end and but the thing about it that uh that I actually want to talk about is he didn't play his junior year because he was just really frustrated with the way that the team was and the coaching and you know he was he felt undervalued and and just just you know he'd been playing since he was essentially 6 years old until you know until that year so i think i think he was also a little bit burnt out and just didn't didn't know you know sort of what the next step was so he took the year off and he decided that he was going to try out for the team uh, as a senior and he made the team but the, he realized that the coach wanted to play mostly the younger players and so he th- again he felt a little slighted and he decided, okay, well, maybe maybe I shouldn't play and maybe there's something else I should do. And so even though making the team, he kind of declined the offer. And I think he immediately regretted it. And so lots of, uh, lots of the, the older, uh, the seniors on the team are kind of frustrated with, with how the season is going. So a few guys quit. And so he sees this as his opening to get back on the team. And so I told him, I go, look, if you want to stick it out and if you want to get back and, and play and sort of make up for the lost year and a half, go for it. But you have to basically take everything that comes your way and you cannot decide that this is not for you. Like it's it's really like uh, you're going to dedicate yourself or you're just not going to do it. He's like, yep, I know I have to do this. I, I feel like I need to do this. And I was like, great. Just be ready for the coach to make you eat as much humble pie as humanly possible. Because you kind of showed him up by not playing on the team when he said that you made the team. He's like, yep, I know. I got it. And so he may, he's on the, he's back on the team. And a few for the first couple games, he doesn't even dress. He's like holding the camera on the sideline. And I know he's like so frustrated because he's like, we're playing all these freshmen and sophomores. And he and he likes all these kids, by the way. But he's like, I'm so much better than these guys. Like, it's not cool. 
And I would continue to just let him know, like, look, your coach is doing this for a reason. And so he got, he finally got his uniform. But for the next two weeks, he's like playing like three minutes a game. And he's dying. He's just like, try, how how can you show yourself? How can you show your skill set, your worth in two minutes of garbage time? So my communication back to him again, look, there's going to be a time you're going to get your chance and you just got to like show, you know, show yourself. So eventually the coach basically tells him like, look, I tested you. I wanted you to understand that you had to, uh, you basically had to show me that you were willing to go through all of that to play. And so we get down to the last two games of his entire career at at his high school. And so he starts on Thursday, which I thought was was cool, plays a lot. And then we get the last game of of the season, which is senior night, which was tonight. And I... I did a thing on Instagram stories where I kind of like uh, I kind of uh, showed a lot of old pictures and stuff and kind of like the ups and downs of of him playing basketball going all the way back to when he was like four years old. And, you know, today, like as you I haven't coached him probably since he was 12 years old or so. So that's you know six <laughs> years ago. And so. I did that like little Instagram story as a way to sort of coach him in a way, but through a social media app that he he looks at. And so it was, it's almost like, you know, I was coaching him through a channel that he completely understands. And at the end of the at the end of the thing, the little Instagram story, the last couple last couple uh, photos I put was one in which you know he was back on the court, and I was basically telling him like, "Look, you know, you you withstood all of this. You got back on the court. You you made peace with yourself, and like soak it up, like smell the roses, like you did it." And the last one, I showed a picture of him when he was probably like seven or eight years old. And him and his brother together, and we had gone to like a basketball game, and they were goofing off, and they were just like smiling pretty widely. And I said, you know, for your final game, play with the endless joy that you see in this photo. And so we get to tonight, and uh, he's starting, which was great. (laughs) And he's the last guy who is introduced in the starting roster. So usually like... You know, when the Warriors do it, like, KD goes first and Steph goes last. I have no idea why he went last. Like, it could have not been anything, just alphabetical or whatever. But, you know, at at the end of this game, and he he didn't play fantastically. Like, he played okay, and, you know, it was kind of in and out, and the coach was trying to get all the seniors in. and and, and, But at the end of the day, I, I, like, walked over to him, and I was like, look, like, you fixed this whole situation. You made peace with yourself. And you did it the right way. Like, yeah, you had to take some stuff. But at the end of the day, like you went out the proper way. And like, that's something that I'm proud of, no matter how well you played. And so, you know, being a dad of a kid who is about to go to college, you know, in six months or whatever, 
Like, it was a great moment for me to see him take a situation which could have absolutely imploded on him. And I think people would have been sympathetic with it, too. But to sort of, like, understand and go, you know what? I kind of have to do this. And I, I do. And he, he said, I got to do it for me. Like, I need to be at peace with this whole basketball thing. And he did it. And I was, like, so proud of him. So that was, like, a cool dad moment for me and it's you know it shows a little bit of growth in him as a as a kid who's 18 and who is you know going to be in college you know in in august so that was a, like my proud dad moment of the year and uh, i had to shout him out so jj good job glad to see you uh finished you know finished the way that 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 you were supposed to finish so kudos to jj of course man he's a gonzalez man <laughs> you got some talented kids. You got the talent. You got some talented kids. Man, you're blessed. Yeah, I am very much blessed. Um, okay, so we will be back uh, next week. Um, there's going to be a lot of stuff to talk about, as usual. Uh, the next episode of Raw is uh, okay. Hulk Hogan coming back to Raw. So 1993 Raws, as we're following. So we'll get to see Hogan come back. Jesus. Uh, and we'll talk about Raw and SmackDown. <laughs> I mean, he is Jesus. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait, man. I love tuning in like to these shows. We're at, I think we got a six-man tag coming up to talk. Exactly. <laughs> Sean, yeah, and Shawn Michaels, and yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, and the Beverlies. Uh, and yes, so, of course. I'm excited. So, uh, so yeah, so we'll be back on uh, on probably Wednesday of next week to uh, to recap that stuff, and then continue our road to wrestlemania report as well as anything else that comes up um you know maybe there's a ufc thing i know there was some boxing stuff tonight i didn't get to see any of it but i know Javonta davis won uh, by first round knockout on showtime and disown had a show as well um so uh, so yeah so we'll be back and we'll talk about all that stuff and uh and uh we will see you when we see you well go ahead I was saying, don't forget the there's a free ESPN boxing show tomorrow from Fresno. So yep. check that one out. And, yep, and ESPN as well. So yeah, so we will see you when we see you. Peace out.